hey, you know what I believe? I believe every single person can make a difference and that we all have something amazing to offer the world. I believe in standing up for what matters and in putting one foot in front of the other. I believe courage is way more important than confidence and I'm addicted to seeing people break through what they once thought they couldn't. And that's why I started this podcast. I want you to believe in yourself. I want you to know that anything's possible. I want you to find the courage to stand up and do your thing. Everything's waiting for you. You just have to believe it's possible. I'm Karen Vaughan. This is the Get Off The Bench podcast. And here is where your courageous life starts. Hey guys, and welcome back to another week of the Get Off The Bench podcast. Uh, how has everything been going? You know what? We've got hit this second wave of coronavirus and no one wants to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it, but it's just it's just not going to go away. And we, we just got to find ways to deal with it. We've got to find ways to um, bring light into our life. You know, if you're thinking about, if you've been thinking about doing something for a long time, you know, and now's a chance, now's a time, you know, now's a chance to really grab it by the horns and run with it and start to think about things. And I really hope that the guests that I'm having on the show are inspiring you to to do just that and to let's start fresh when we get out of this thing let's start fresh and really really live the life we love and speaking of living the life we love this week's guest is uh penny caller reed now i tell you what she is a rocket she really is let me tell you about her penny started playing footy with the boys well that's football i should say it properly with the boys at a very young age and didn't even consider she might be different until the age of 14 now when i say different i mean like a girl you know we say that footy's a boys game but is it really somebody tapped her on the shoulder at 14 and said hey you can't play anymore simply because she was a girl and and Penny being Penny the type of girl she is said why and uh, then started this whole big snowball effect so Penny and two other girls took Football Victoria to VCAT which is the Victorian Civil Administrations Tribunal and won the case for females to be allowed to play Australian rules football now this created a landmark moment for sexual discrimination in Australian sport With the birth of the AFLW, which is the Australian Football League for Women, in 2017, Penny was drafted to play footy for her beloved Collingwood Football Club. But it didn't take long before Penny realised that her true passion was in supporting other women and helping build their sporting journeys. So Penny began coaching the Collingwood VFLW football team and in her very first year, yes, her very first year, led the team to a minor premiership and took out the Coach of the Year award. Wow. In 2019, she coached the team to -to back-to-back minor premierships and finished the year with her beloved Collingwood winning the VFLW Grand Final. Wow, talk about, I've got a dream, I'm going to follow it, bang, let's go. And in 2020, Penny moved on to coach Williamstown Football Club, hoping she can further inspire and support other young women. She's also very passionate about empowering women to work together, spreading a message through speaking events across Australia, where she talks about her experiences um, in overcoming adversity and how women can work together. And her latest achievement, get check this out guys, is being part of the new Australian Sports Museum exhibition where she is a feature piece in the creation of the AFLW. So it hasn't been smooth sailing for this um, ambitious young woman. I'll say young because she's a damn sight younger than me. But what makes, but it is what makes Penny unstoppable. She is dead set a rocket. Penny, how are you going? Oh, what an introduction there. <laughs> I'm getting good at these. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm going well. I'm going well, thank you. Oh, that's good. You, um, How did you like uh, being called a rocket? Oh, I, I think that's fantastic considering what's just been happening in the US, sending some people up to, to the space station. That's very, very convenient. Oh, it is, isn't it? <laughs> hey, and I saw the, um, oh, what was it? Oh, what, what is it called? Uh, it's got a really cool name, the... Uh, the space, the shuttle that landed in the Gulf of Mexico. I can't, I can't think what the the spacecraft's called. But anyway, the pod, you know, landed in the water, and I, it was the first time it's landed in the water doing a splashdown since 1975 or 1985 or something like that. And it was so cool watching. They it. should call it the uh, the penny pod. The penny pod. <laughs> <laughs> they should. <too. laughs> 
<laughs> oh, it had a really cool name actually, but I can't remember. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know about you, but um, out of, I used to always say I want to go to the moon and um, when I was younger, but now I think about it, I think, oh, geez, I don't know. Don't know, don't know my body can handle all those G-forces and God, <laughs> lack of gravity and God knows what. I don't know. At this stage, it might be a good option yeah, considering but... what's happening in the world. And it actually <laughs> might be. <laughs> oh, gee, I tell you, yeah, it's, um, I've spoken to a lot of people about this uh, coronavirus thing. You know, I sort of don't even like saying it anymore, but, I, but we can't deny that it's happening. But um, there's a lot of... Uh, you know, silver lining in the clouds if we really look for it. And it's, um, you know, while it's disastrous for a lot of people and, you know, killing people, which is terrible, um, I think it is a good opportunity to, you know, look for new options and really start to think about what we've taken for granted, really do. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I think there's, um, as, it, as, as we would say, that when something bad happens, there's always a reason. And yeah. it's, it's what we find out from the, the positives from this pandemic or this crisis that's really going to help the human race move forward. I agree. And we've we've trashed the planet. Like, look at all the um, nature that's flourishing, you know, while we're all locked away in our houses. And, you know, we've trashed... We, 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 our, our normal life wasn't really working, was it? You know, rushing and grinding and pushing and bloody just pushing everything to the limit. But maybe it's this is the world telling us to just calm down a little bit. I think it is too. I think we just need to really remember who we are and just start to, you know, have a bit of peace. But anyway, I mean, you and I can talk about this for hours and hours and hours and uh, neither of us are going to get anywhere. <laughs> We're not going to change it. <laughs> uh, <Nah>. Anyway, <laughs> but you and I have been talking about this sort of great stuff for years. I remember, you know, when we first met up in... Morwell at the at the footy club there and um that was just so good meeting you you just you I thought you were a rocket then and I still think you're a rocket you're just a, you're just one amazing chick Ben I still think about my circle of confidence <laughs> that you that you taught us um when I first met you about stepping into the circle of confidence I still use that uh, terminology and use that metaphor when I do my speaking gigs fantastic and how does it work Works extremely well. Oh, yeah, it's such a great yeah, so thing, isn't it? Thank you for that. Oh, mm-hmm. well, my absolute pleasure. My, you might have to teach me in return some footy skills. Nah, oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I'm a, I'm a good coach, but I don't know if I'm that good. Oh yeah, <laughs> coach of the year. Um, you know what? Uh, yeah, no, you're not that good. No, no, no you any I... premierships and back to back. No, 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 you're not that good. No. no. Yeah. Well, anyway, oh, yeah. I'm going to start with my first question, and my, this might actually be the complete opposite of what you just said uh Penn. so <laughs> so um, i'm gonna ask you you are and don't argue with me because i know the truth right okay. you are yeah. highly recognized as one of the most influential women in australian sport and we'll hear about that soon but as um we heard in the intro you've tackled quite a few prickly pears to get there but tell us about your your childhood you know the days happy days of kicking a footy with the boys and you know how that journey led you to where you are today yeah I mean it's it's funny how we we talk about this and um you know I'm just a kid running around you know the the muddy oval with a football in my hand but I had a ponytail um rather than than anything else and like my dad played 30 years of football so he he's a footballer in the family and one day my mum took both myself and my older brother down to a local football club and um, they said, we'll take the boy but not the girl. Um, wow. So there's, you know, at the age of six, there's my first type of um, introduction into the, the world of football and mum being mum said, nah, they come as a pair. So we went to another football club and um, in the Murrumbina Junior Football Club and started playing football when I was six and played with the boys up until um, the age of 14, just running around. And yeah, until that one day after training where I got a little tap on the shoulder to say that, you know, unfortunately, Penny, you can't play football anymore because you're a girl. Mm. Um, You know, and like you said, I think for me, it took me a little while to um, understand what that really meant. And I was just like, well, why do I have to stop just because I'm a girl? Um, And I think this is where, you know, the journey of, of, you know, my football really started to happen. Mm. It's, uh, how did that feel? Do you remember the feeling of being told that? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I think at the time I was just like, oh, uh, really? Like, I, I think I was more confused 
mm. um, than anything to, you know, I, I, I just couldn't comprehend. I just couldn't, um, like it just didn't make sense to me that just because I was playing a girl, just because I was a girl and I was playing football, that, you know, that there was something wrong with that. Mm. Um, and I think it took me a little while to, to really get my head around the fact that, you know, I, I might have been different than, than my teammates. Um, and I think that's the reason why I kind of gone, well, I, I just don't, like, why? Like, why couldn't I? Mm. And it's interesting you just said, you know, uh, that there's something wrong with that. You know, isn't it interesting how we make all these rules, you know, societal rules, and uh, it's not just there's something wrong with that. It, it, that becomes then there's something wrong with me, you know, for a lot mm. of people. And it's it's it, you can see how people have, get this downward spiral just because of somebody else's viewpoint, you know, or somebody else's value that they impose upon them and, I know it wasn't just one person, you know, I know it was a patriarchal system. But, you know, speaking of that, uh, at the, a year later, because I think it was when you were 15, correct me if I'm wrong, but you took, um, you know, Football Victoria to VCAT and you and two other girls, so were Helen Taylor and Emily Stanier. Now, you took, you three... I, I don't know how you did this. So this is something that I really think about a lot, the the... Most 15-year-olds are not taking um, big, uh, you know, organisations to court. Most 15-year-olds are sort of um, feeling a little self-conscious and trying to, you know, keep under the radar a little bit. But you guys took them to court to say this isn't fair. H- how did you three decide that you wanted to do that? Like, were they were they part of the team and you three decided, look, this isn't fair? Or where, how did you how did you come to this decision together? Yeah, it, that's a really good question and, and I love answering this one. So um, Emily was actually playing in the same competitions as me um, and it, at just at a different team and Helen was playing um, at an age group underneath us all in the same league. So we all played um, in the same area yeah. and at the same time we all got told that we weren't allowed to play because we were girls. And so my my mum got in contact with Helen and Emily's um, parents and said, you know, what are your thoughts on this? Like, what do you think the girls would want to do? And um, Helen's dad actually spoke to my mum and said, well, you know, I think there's something that we can really do about this. So mum asked me uh, the question about, you know, Penny, do you want to play football? And I said, yeah, mum, I want to play football. She goes, okay. So the three of the family got together and started to put in some planning about what, what sort of legal stuff that we could do. And I remember asking my mum, mum um, win or lose like will this make a difference for to other girls mm. and she said yes so I said well 100% let's let's do this so mm. the three of us got together and um, yeah we we took on the big dogs um, in football Victoria at the age of 14 and 15. Mm. And, and and big dogs indeed uh, you know I'm not, I don't want to give them like all this almighty power but um, you know you're talking about being uh, facing many many sort of uh, you know quite tough men you know and quite tough uh, male attitudes and when you went through the uh, court process um, like there would have been um, heaps of media you know jostling and maybe and, and quite probably quite a bit of negative judgment that you know some people would have had towards you like you know that footy's a boys only club or you know that that type of thing boys only sport um how did you find the strength and stamina to like show up every day and stand your ground and push through all that yeah and it was very much a you know we, we use this terminology the white collared male um mm. mentality with the boys club and, it, you know, it wasn't just about um, the criticism wasn't just to, you know, the three of us young girls. It was also to the parents. Um, you know, my mum got asked, you know, how dare you let your daughter play football? Like what type of mother are you? And, wow. you know, so there's a whole lot of different other aspects that um, happened when we, we sort of um, decided this is what we wanted to do. And I think it was really the support of the parents and the fact that we, had each other you know if, if yeah. it was just me doing this alone I don't know if it would we would have had the same outcome but the fact that I had um, Emily and Helen there and they also really really wanted to play football because they loved playing football I think that really helped us the fact that there was you know the three of us and mm. really wanting to do something that we loved um, and supported each other through it. 
I think that's um, a, a really key point. You know, a lot of um, a lot of things don't happen because people feel uh, alone. You know, and people feel like I can't I, I can't stand up here all by myself and do this. But you get a couple of people around you, a few people around you, and the strength builds. You know, so it's probably well uh, Australian rules football. Now that we have all the women playing, um, you know, uh, can be thankful that you had the three of you there because you know you may have backed down, but. but if I know you, Pen, though, you would have still found a way, you know, with your, you know, um, that's not fair, you know. Uh, you, I'm sure you still would have found a way to do something. But uh, but I, I just can't imagine as a 15-year-old how how you um, kept going, you know, how you – were there days when you decided, oh, let's not keep doing this, it's just like a media circus, you know, it's just – it's not fair? Yeah, I mean, there were definitely times where I felt – really um, stressed out, really um, tired and just sort of to the point where, you know, when you get hit, you know, pushed down and hit again and then pushed across and everyone's sort of telling you you can't do this and you can't do that because of this and because you're a girl and, you know, Mm -hmm. what makes you think that this is something that you should be doing and, you know, I remember one day I walked out of my house and I walked down the street to catch the bus to school and I had this guy with, you know, a recorder in my face wanting to get a, a... a story out of me and I'm like I'm on my way to school mate like Mm. you know like at the age of 15 it's not just the football world that you know you're sort of going through these are some of the most critical type you know years of our lives Mm. when we're trying to figure out who we are and what we want to be and doing my year 10 exams and you know looking at the future and here I am getting told that I shouldn't do something just because I was a girl and I think there definitely were times where I felt very very overwhelmed by it all um and I think it's just having a moment to myself to process what was going on and understand that sometimes that you've got to go through this hard, you know, crap yeah. to, to be able to see the good on the outside and, you know, on the other side of this. And, you know, the, the court case didn't really, I mean, the court case didn't really allow us three girls to continue playing because um, we were past the age of, of um, what the rule got pushed up to. But what it really made for me was a sense and an understanding that it that now girls can have the opportunity and the choice to play if they wanted to. And I think for me that was, you know, a really big reason why I wanted to do it because at the end of the day, win or lose, it wasn't just about me and yeah. these two other girls. Yeah. It was about what it actually stood for. And it, and it stands for fairness anyway. Like it's about you, – you hit the nail on the head. It's about choice and, you know, it's – a individuals should be having a choice you know I've had um a lot of a lot of the guests I've had on here we've talked about how you know things have happened in their past you know like all these stepping stones and and when they happen at the time you kind of you you wonder why they're happening even though like, like yours is a little different because you did instigate it you know but um even even how hard it is as you get older you start to see that all these things are in fact stepping stones to where you are now do you know and and had you not done that and had you not seen that you could go through that and had the strength and come out the other side with a victory you you might not be where you are today do you know in the in the footy world and it's um and you 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 hit the nail on the head again with the silver lining do you know it's uh, we go through these tough things you know, to, to um to build our story, to build our confidence, to build who we are. You know, to, and to build our contributions to the world. So you've done amazing, an amazing yeah. job. Thank you. Yeah, and and just on that, Karen, I think it's also about you know, when you're going through something tough like this, you don't really know what the outcome is going to be, mm. and you know, you don't. I mean, you you have an ideal vision of what you want to happen. But at the end of the day, you never really know what, what's going to happen from, you know, going through yeah. whatever you decide you want to be doing. Yeah. And I think that's that's the scary part about it is the unknown of what, what the outcome could be. But just like everything else is if it doesn't happen the way you um, want it to happen, you'll find a way to, to either go through the barrier, jump over, go around, dig under mm. to actually get to the place you wanted to, to go because – as you say, it is a stepping stone, but sometimes those stepping stones are really small and you've got to find your balance or you might fall in yeah. or, you know, you might have to take a different path to get to the same place that you want to go to. Yeah, 
And that's a really valid point. It really is. When I talk about to people about their projects, you know, um, for getting off the bench, you know, they have an idea and then we talk about the vision. And I often say to them that, you know, sometimes the vision moves and, there, and there's so, and there's more than one path to get there, you know, and sometimes you hit dead ends mm. and yeah. you've just got to find another way. And it's just, um, I guess it depends on how much you want it. Sometimes it gets a little bit, yeah, it gets a little bit blurry or sometimes you lose sight of what it is and, yeah. and um, you know, you just got to get back to the core reason of why you started it in the first place. Yeah, I think that's the big one, isn't it? You keep thinking about mm-hmm. your why, but... It's um you know any any time any time you want to get to a beautiful grassy green grassy knoll you know often you've got to go through blackberries to get there and it's just it's just the way it is and there's a lot of opportunity and growth you know in those um dark patches but well couldn't agree more yeah and how long were you in court how long did this court case go for um so the first initial court case went for about six months um wow. and then they sort of um cut. I don't really, they, they sort of um, put it as a halt because what we wanted to do, this was already halfway through our football season. So um, they, you know, wanted to get more evidence and wanted to, um, you know, speak to more experts about the difference between, you know, girls and boys at that age. So mm-hmm. what we wanted to do is we had an injunction to see if, the re- if we could play out the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was another part and another bit of the court case. So we actually won the right to play until the end of the season was up and then went back to court the following year to find out what the ruling was. Wow, so that's quite a prolonged period of time, isn't it, to be under that sort of stress? Yeah, very yeah, especially long. the back end of the year when you're you know, going through exams and everything like that as well. Uh, well, hats off to you because it's, um, that's, it's absolutely massive. Now, but... but um, on a on a well, I'm not gonna say a lighter note, but on a more wow note, like you, I, I see you as um, when I've always always known you since I've met you, known you as like I'm gonna get it, you know, if there's something I want, I bloody will get it. And you, uh, as a kid, had this dream that you would you would one day play for your beloved Collingwood, but you also dreamed even bigger of being the first female coach. And that's unbelievable, like that you even had the foresight of that when you were a kid, you know, when there was simply were no female players and simply were no female coaches. But but the amazing thing is your dream did come true on both counts. Like you did play for Collingwood and you did end up uh, being the first coach. And even better than that, you were the Collingwood coach. I mean, you know, this, this sort of dream, Pen. you know, most people don't get it like that. And it's just unbelievable. But do you think you got there? Um, through like determination and hard work or do you think you just had your eyes so firmly fixed that you know in some way you kind of manifested this these things through sheer focus? Um, I think there's actually a little bit of both of you know um, being so tunnel vision about exactly what I want to achieve but then knowing that it's going to take determination and hard work to get there Um, and even when it's never been done before I think that's what made it made it more exciting for me to achieve something like this. And you know, the only reason why I wanted to think that I would be the first coach of of the Collingwood Football Club was because you know, at that time when I was so young, there was no um, opportunity to play. So mm. I was like, well, if I can't play, I'm going to coach. So I think you know, when AFLW came in and I got the opportunity to play for Collingwood and then transfer into into coaching, it was sort of just like cool well this is happening this is this is bloody unreal like not only am I living the dream but this is this is you know for my the Collingwood Football Club which is you know yeah as we know one of the biggest clubs in the world um and you know the fact that it had never been done before that's what made it more exciting for me to achieve Wow, and a lot of people hate Collingwood. You know, like if for those for those who are, <laughs> for those people who are not familiar with AFL, you know, Aussie rules football. Um, you know, there's a it's a big, it's kind of it's a it's a love hate thing. You know, everybody who is not Collingwood hates Collingwood, but it's not not actually true. But you know, this is the kind of um, rivalry that at least we don't go for throwing flares at each other and you know having crushes in the crowds and God knows what. But you know, and it's it's so funny that you know love or hate Collingwood you gotta love Penn you know that that's the way I see it it's um it's just 
far out. It's it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. But then there was the uh, 2009... you know, I'm, I'm making you before you're even born, nearly. But the 2019 <laughs> premiership, like, um, you know, last year, I'm going to tell everyone this because this blew my bloody mind. You know, we had our Girls with Hammers conference in 2019 and I think it was in um, September. Well, I think it was September. And, yeah, it was late September. And you, you were one of our speakers. Now... It never even occurred to me until until that day that you were Collingwood was in the grand final like a, just a couple of days later and and you still had the bloody decency to come and talk and you you know you didn't shirk that at all but what was uh, absolutely wonderful is that um, everybody at that conference who who isn't even Collingwood you know when you when I talked before about love hate Collingwood everyone at that conference tuned in to watch the grand final simply because they'd met you and simply because I was so damn inspired by your story. And I can imagine the buddy roar in so many houses, even if you didn't barrack for Collingwood, simply everyone was cheering for you, Pen. Do you know? Everyone was just like, she did it. And oh, I'll, I'll never forget that, you know, and I, I text you like, yeah, 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 Pen, yeah, you know. It's just like, Wow. You know, and and the decency in you, you know, to to that you sh- you should have been, you know, hundred percent focused on that, and you still had the bloody good heart to, you know, to show up and and talk for us. I mean, I, I'll never forget that. No, it was an absolute pleasure to come down and and share my journey and my story um, with your program. And I think you know, like I don't know, like football. Football is an amazing, amazing thing and sport in general is an amazing thing. But if you don't share that with people, um, you know, then what, what, what are you doing it for? So yeah. it wasn't, you know, a big deal and I'd, happy, I'd be happy to do it any, any other time. And I think, you know, it was really good for me because then I could focus on something else than just, just the football. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was, it was really nice to come down. Beautiful day, great oh, venue. Great. <laughs> um, and, and I think just sharing a little bit of this, my story to to um, the audience there, and not only that, but also to hear the other amazing speakers, I think just really gave me a sense of appreciation to make sure that on the day I'm going to be super focused yeah. because one, I've just promised everyone in this room we're going to win a grand <laughs> final, um, <laughs> and and two, it just really um, gave me a sense and just sort of grounded me again, just just back to you know that that there's more to life than just a game as well. Mm. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it's fantastic that people were um, not just cheering for, for the girls on the day, but also cheering for the story and, and the achievement yeah, um, yeah. that, you know, we as a team, but also, I guess, me as an individual were able to accomplish. Mm. And, there, and there are people in that room because it's all, you know, women and some of them quite old and some quite young, you know, there are plenty in that room who are not uh, footy followers, you know, not everybody has to be, but they were still... Um, really really drawn to your story and still tuned into the footy but something else that happened that day and and this is you know we'll talk about your speaking in a minute but you're, you're trying to share your message and you're trying to build up hope in women and you know you're trying to do all that but you know you, I think you you didn't notice uh, you you did you would have noticed but you don't notice who you touch you know you, sometimes you don't hear about it until later but on the day we had one of our one of our supporters who's Tanya she's just beautiful and she'd um been uh, in a serious fire you know just not not long before that a couple of months before that and didn't think she'd turn up she did turn up and as it turns out you know you used to play for St Kilda Sharks and she's a massive St Kilda Sharks supporter and for her to meet you particularly when she was feeling you know she's like quite raw and you know like um you know uh what do you call it? burn bandages all over it you know I'm feeling quite vulnerable here you were and you absolutely made her day you know like she 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 was like she'd met I don't know who you you were just a superstar and and I'm not not trying to put you up like a like a you know celebrity that does is shallow like that meant everything to her do you you know that was incredible and and second I got a an email from a mother we had there was a, a mother who had a 13 year old girl there and uh she had just recently come out at school and she'd been really badly bullied and it was your story that 
changed her. She she left there saying, Mum, I don't care about those turds anymore. And it was because of the courage that you showed, you know, and the story that you shared with such um, raw honesty that you changed that girl's life. It, so just in that one, and, and no doubt you changed many others, but in that one session that you presented, there's two lives you incredibly impacted incredibly wow that's that's just you know so so amazing to hear and you know I, I think I'm I'm getting a lot better at sharing my story um, and sharing parts of vulnerability to people that um, I've never met before because I think that sometimes when you are hearing or listening to people share their story it's not so much about you know them it's what what they can it's what the audience can take from your journey and how they can you know see that it's possible Mm. um and you know for tanya what what amazing courage to one come and you know show up to a whole room of of people but to also you know the fact that um she came to see me is just so humbling and i'm so glad that i got to meet her and Mm. you know fantastic that she she can now continue to to recover on her journey but again also the the young 13 year old girl to hear a little bit about my story and to to find the courage and strength to you know fight for herself and and realize that it's okay to be different and that it's okay to to stand up for who you are and I think a lot of it is about um the internal strength rather than the external strength and something that I learned along my journey was was about you know I need to be okay with who I am to be able to share what I what I what I've got and and share myself with you know the rest of the world. So I think you know there's a lot of self growth every time that I do speaking events. It's I learn something about myself every single time, and I think that's another reason why I like doing it because I learn about myself. But then you know if I can inspire just one person, if I say just one line that that's going to help someone else then I'm going to continue to do it because that's the reason why I want to do it yeah yeah bloody oath and when you do your talks what's the um do you think there's one one part of your story that really hits home harder than any other part for people um I guess it's really just depending on what the event is about um and I'm you know like I said I'm, I'm learning more about my my journey and my and my story and how that can um, help influence and inspire other people to you know get off the bench or to um, find the strength or to overcome the barriers Um, you know the more I delve into the story the more it um, comes out of it so I guess there's a lot of different elements of of people's lives um, that that can really take take from my story Mm. that's amazing it's it's um and it's and it's exactly that. It's exactly that. Like I think that I always say that communication is not is more about the interpretation of the receiver. Do you, you know? And so yeah. you don't know. Oh, that's great. Oh, Look at that quote. Oh yeah, you can. Hey, you can use that. It's um, <laughs> but it is. You know, it doesn't matter what message you're putting across. If the if the, it depends how the person interprets it. But you know, it it you will have you know I don't know you know a hundred, two hundred, three hundred people in the audience there, and everyone's going to take their little bits you know everyone's gonna mm-hmm. and not only that interpret it and twist it I don't mean that in a bad way but um twist it so that it connects um to whatever they're going through at the moment you know or whatever journey they've had so um I think that the role of speakers can be underestimated significantly you know you only need to be you only need that one person in front of you saying that one line you know and and that has a significant impact on your life I agree with that so are you, are you doing them online at the moment because we're not able to be prancing on stages at the moment? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with prancing on a stage? I still I still would have pranced on a stage. Um, no, it's sort of quite quietened down a little bit, which is not a bad thing because then, you know, I get to refresh and um, I guess like reevaluate where the story's, my story's yeah. going to head. Um, doing a little bit of work behind the scenes in terms of um, – you know, really hitting home on those some of those points that we're we're talking about for in, in terms of overcoming barriers or um, fighting adversity mm. or how to inspire people, motivate. So I'm really just sort of tweaking it, which you know, it's 
as we talk about the silver lining yeah. and the COVID and being at home for six weeks is really going to allow me the opportunity yeah, to do that. I agree. And we've got to make the most of it. It's no point just sitting around, you know, just doing nothing, but it's a great opportunity to refine things like exactly what you're saying. I just want to go back and ask you though, like this has intrigued me because only a few days after the the um, premiership. Now, you know, like here she is, Penny up there with the trophy and, you know, prancing around, prancing on a stage again, you know, and loving it, right? And the whole world cheering for you. This is this is Penny who, you know, smashed through VCAT, you know, her, her AFL's, AFLW is now existent. You know, you played for the Sharks and someone else, I think Melbourne you played for, was it? Or Bulldogs? Both Melbourne and Bulldogs, yeah. Oh, okay, right. And we'll see. I, I see I've got it all tucked away there and then played for you know your beloved Collingwood and then your coach and then the championship yeah you know and everything's looking absolutely smashing for you didn't and then three days after the premiership you're like oh I'm going to Williamstown <laughs> we're all like what <laughs> what the hell happened there you know so like you that would have been a, a really tough decision to walk away from Collingwood. I, I know you love Williamstown, you know, and you've gone there for a reason, which you can share, but was that hard to walk away from Collingwood? Yeah, it was, um, you know, a really stressful week of my life, battling the heart and the head um, decisions between, you know, Collingwood, which is, you know, the team that I've loved ever since I could ever speak, um, to move across to, to Williamstown. And, one of the biggest reasons why, you know, there's, there's two sides of this. There's the, the selfish part of me that wants to, you know, really be challenged in coaching and, you know, without the, the big bright lights of the Collingwood Football Club to, you know, um, I guess one of the commun- most community-based, um, community-loved clubs in Williamstown to, to really um, challenge myself as a coach, to really develop myself as, as a person. And then on the flip side, it was like, here's Collingwood providing me with a part-time job yep. versus Williamstown, who's providing me with a full-time job. And as a female um, female football coach, they don't come around very often. So for me, it was, was definitely a win-win situation moving across to Williamstown. And I guess, you know, unfortunately, Williamstown hadn't been six, really successful the past um, couple of seasons in the VFLW program. So what I wanted to do was, you know, again, challenge myself, but also really see if I can inspire and build the, this club up to be, you know, one of the most, like their men's side, one of the most strongest teams in the competition mm. um, and increase the education and participation of female sport in the Western region of Victoria. Yeah. And building them up after they've been, you know, down the bottom of the ladder for so long. I mean, for you, you know, your message is getting out there, building women up, you know, so that would be an absolute... Um, uh, uh, you know, you'd be drawn to that, but it would also be challenging. But at the same time, you've already been there, so you can see see how much it's possible. You know, so it would just be. I can imagine you're just you're throwing yourself into it. However, um, you were only just started. You'd only just started, and yeah. uh, and this bloody mention it again, coronavirus. You know, it, it uh, knocked the whole. Well, it knocked knocked sport around massively the men male afl you know they have um worked out ways to keep it going and um you know it did shut down for a while but the women's what's what's happening with the women's league yeah so unfortunately this year um it's not to be the women's league has um, cancelled their season through the winter but has um put all Guns blazing, ready for the 2021 AFLW season, which is, fingers crossed, going to be um, hopefully kicked off in February next year. Mm. Um, but, you know, I can, I can still take away the fact that I'm still the reigning premiership coach. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can, you know, like, I'm still undefeated at Williamstown. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, you know, these are the, these are the sort of barriers and, and hurdles that sometimes we all have to get over. But at the same time, you know, it's given me more time to um, get to know my, my players a little bit more, get to know my staff a little bit more um, instead of jumping in and the deep end and, and tr- seeing if I can swim. I've now had the opportunity to, you know, really build a foundation from the base up um, with a lot more time than, you know, trying to skim the surface to get a team up and running. So, you know, again, mm. blessing in disguise, oh. got to make you know, what we can do of the best, the best of the situation that we've got. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's been pretty good. 
Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I, I see what you, it's it's sad, you know, it's definitely a, a big blow to the to the footy, you know, that it can't go ahead. But I, I see what you're saying. It's absolutely that that is a blessing in disguise. And those, you're going to build a real family, you know, with those girls. And um, yeah, that, and I think that's the biggest thing is is sometimes you know, football is one part of being um, a part of a club. The rest is all about family, and, and mm. you spend so much time with these people that you, you need to get to know them a little bit more and understand that everybody's coming from a different situation and. You know, how do we then support each other as we continue to talk about, you know, women as a group? How do we continue to support each other to get the best out of each other? Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's my favourite part of coaching, I think. It's not so much about the wins and losses on the field. It's about um, the strength of the individual, of the person. You see them going through a mini journey yeah, um, yeah. with what, what's going on. Well, hopefully you can spend this time to really get to know each other and, you know, and build that family sense. And then and then there'll be a lot more, you know, like allegiance, you know, next year. And maybe you can really, maybe you can do uh, back-to-back premierships, Collingwood and Williamstown. That's your aim, oh, isn't God. it? Look out. Well, yep, that's the next dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, just dream it, Penn, because you seem yeah. to be making them come true. I'm uh, manifesting it in my head right now. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. But the, um, well, it's sad for the women, but the... um. As I said, the men have sort of, uh, you know, the Victorian teams have moved to Queensland pretty much. And, you know, they're, they're, uh, the AFLCs and the men's, is it's going ahead, but it's definitely not the same as it normally would be in the cramming matches and that sort of stuff. But um, just prior to, you know, hitting record, we were talking about the um, how necessary well, how important sport is, and particularly footy, because in Australia it's a you know like it or lump it, um, footy's got a massive, it's it's a big part of the Australian culture. And uh, when we're talking before about being in lockdown, how important footy is to for people's mental health, you know. And now that it's back on, what what are your thoughts on that? I, I know them, but share them with everyone else. Yeah, and you know, like we were saying, it's so good that you can call up your mate on the, on the Monday. Well. At this stage, it's any any day, and we're like, ha you know, how good is Collingwood beating Sydney last night? And suck it, and you know, <laughs> like, I think that's we we love that sort of banter as as humans. Is you know, you, you're sort of sticking it to your mate type of thing. But then you know, like you were saying, it is such a big part of Australian culture um, and sport in general. Is just such a big part of people's lives and being able to support people and being able to support the team that you've grown up with and having some type of light at the end of the tunnel you know you've had a pretty crappy day um, unsure of leaving your house and you know a lot of people feeling anxious about going outside and you know you get to turn the tv on and, and watch a bit of football and I think that's you know something really nice to be able to have at the end of the day but also you know the banter that comes along with it. Yeah, and it's great in Australia too because you know, like with with the soccer in in England, you know, or any of the soccer, you know, they they get a little bit one-eyed. Like if you're from Liverpool, you're not allowed to barrack for anybody other than Liverpool, you know, and that's the end of the yeah. story. But I, what I love about um, Australian rules footy is that. We, you know, in this one house here, we've got um, Richmond, North Melbourne, Swans and um, Geelong in this, in, just in one house, do you know? Sorry, Collingwood didn't um, register. Oh, that's okay. But, that, <laughs> but, um, but we all barrack for Williamstown, all right, just so you know that. But um, <laughs> it's, it's, what I like about that is that we, we have a rivalry, but it's a, it's a real sort of a, a loving rivalry. Do you, you know, everyone sort of gives you hell, like you said, you know, oh, yeah, buddy, you know, ripped you, ripped you, that sort of stuff. But um, we can all live happily together, appreciating what each, who each other barracks for. And, you, you know, I think that's a beautiful part of Australian culture, really do. Yeah, I'm sure you've got a few black and white cows out in the paddock there. I'm sure they're calling with supporters, right? We got, because uh, you have, yes. <laughs> and we've just uh, just just adopted a new um, black and white cat that's uh, been Australian. He's he's now inside, and we've just had him neutered. He's uh, he seems to be okay with it, and he's, he has tried to bite me a couple of times, but. <laughs> So we, we should have called him Collingwood. We called him... Yeah, or Maggie or something. Yeah, we should have. Yeah, we called him Jamal because it's... Uh, um, oh, that's a cool a, name. It is. It's, it's <laughs> Arabic for masculine beauty. So, uh, but I might call him Collywobble occasionally just, just, to, <laughs> just to see how he goes. Now, you... I'm, I've got to ask about this one, Penn. Mm-hmm. You are... You know, the Australian Sports Museum exhibition, you, you're now featured there. Now, uh, what... 
What did tell me? Do you get your own cool statue or what? Like, um, it's not. It's not a statue of of, of such. Just pretend. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a there's a plaque and there's a, a feature story um, that you can. It's an interactive um, type of museum where you can go and press a button and it tells you about the the story and um you know i'm not as big as taylor harris in there but i've got my own little space which is pretty pretty bloody cool um and it's got the my collingwood jumper in there and it's got um my junior football club at marambina um jumper in there as well as well as the um, coach of the year award and a little feature piece which is um you know again quite quite cool to wow. to have that and that's going to be in there for the next 10 years Wow, that's yeah. fantastic! Did how did you feel when you were told that was going to happen? Um, a little bit shocked, really, to be honest. Um, yeah. you know, a little bit um, overwhelmed, and you know, I think as you continue to to get to know me, I I, I liked it. I think I'm pretty pretty humble, and um, you know, I think yes. it's just fantastic that people think that you know, um, my journey is is part of history, and not you know. It, Obviously, yeah, I think it is. Um, it is yeah. But but it's all about now the fact that I get to share this with you know not just the people that know me, but also the people who don't know me. Um, you know, I think it's pretty bloody cool. Oh, it's bloody massive and awesome. It's just, um, but it just goes to show. You know, I always call you bloody rock star. Hey, rock star and stuff like that. It is very true. You do do you do call me that. <laughs> I do do that. <laughs> and you, you know, you're so humble that you kind of like just you just right over the top of it. And you know, hey, cares you. <laughs> but you are a bloody rock star. Do you know, like rock stars don't have to be on stage. You know, rock stars. I think are people who. Um, who uh, are doing amazing things and have had an impact on people, but don't even know they're a rock star. You know that that's who I think are real rock stars, and I think that you, you've you've um, made a massive dent, a massive dent in the um, you know Australian sporting scene, and you've 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 you have paved a way for for women, and you've changed history. And I think that it's um, an absolute honour. To, to to be in that position do you know like not everyone can be in that position and and the I know you've suffered for it like you know it's been it's there's been stresses on the way and all those prickly pears I talked about but what a what a big deal do you know to be able to have changed history that's massive yeah and I, again you know getting the chance to sit back and reflect on it I didn't realize the impact you know um, of that court case back in you know it was 2003 and you know, the snowball effect and the evolution of not just, you know, women's football, but just women's sport in general. And it's just, you yeah. know, it's fantastic to see. And I'm really, you know, excited and the prospects for now and women and girls is just, you know, it's it's amazing to see what some of these girls are going to be able to do in the next couple of years. Mm, yeah, my word. And all because of you. You know, I know, and the other two girls, like I'm not, I'm not definitely not sort of, I'm dismissing their role because their role was massive too. And, and without them, you wouldn't have done it, you know, or you may not have done it, but it's, it's just, you know, and this is why people sometimes um, have to stand up and just put their best foot forward and close their eyes and go for it, you know, just hope. Yeah. And that, yeah, the hope and, and the trust that at the end of the day, you know, it'll all work out. It's. It's never going to be smooth sailing, um, but as as we continue to say, you just got to keep at it because at the end of the day, you got to go back to the reason why. Why am I doing yeah. this? What What do I want to get out of it? What's the purpose? Um, yeah, you know, and, and that's that's the sort of foundation of anything that you do, really. Mm. Yeah, I agree. And if you know your why, it makes it bigger than you. Oh, huge. You know, mm-hmm. and it's, um, I think if we do it for us, we start to get the um, self-doubt comes in and the imposter syndrome and it's about me and what are people going to say about me, do you know, mm-hmm. and it's the whole self-judgment kicks in. But when we do something that's for a purpose greater than ourselves, um, it's a lot easier. It actually is a lot easier because you Yeah, yeah. You know, like, like with, you know, looking after animals and that, you know, you you look after animals or you look after others better than you look after yourself actually most of the time <laughs> but uh speaking of um you know we're well, speaking of you know knowing your why and uh, putting your best foot forward and stuff like that this podcast um is about encouraging people to get off the bench and step into that 
you know, that thing that lights them up. Now you've done it massively. So what advice would you give to someone who's like still sitting on the bench, possibly feeling self-doubt, you know, not knowing where to start or feeling like they don't believe there's a place for them in their dream world? What advice would you give to them? Well, I think, you know, we've been sort of um, going in and out of this conversation a little bit about finding their why. Yeah. But it's always really, really nice to go to someone that you feel that you can trust um, or kind of feel like they're a mentor type of thing and sort of just, hey, you know, can I bounce this idea off you? I've, I've been thinking about this for a while and, you know, what do you think? Do you think it's mm-hmm. a little bit stupid or do you think that this is something that, you know, would really make a difference? And there's people who are close to you will be able to give you, you know, right between the eyes answer type of thing or if it's not someone who is close to you but someone you can get a real straight answer from, I think that's a really good good start in terms of going, you know, is this going to make a difference? And that's when you mm. sort of start to develop, okay, well, if it is, where do I go through from here? And I think, you know, throughout this whole whole conversation, it's about finding the people that have the same like-mindedness as you and being able to find support with those people. Um, yeah. And it, it is 100%. It's all about putting yourself out there and not knowing what people are going to think or not knowing the outcome You've got to try and spin that um, nervous anxiousness to excitement and, and opportunity to go, well, that didn't work. Okay, well, what else can I do? Is there any other avenue that I can go through? Um, and at the end of the day, what you've got to do is you just got to start. Yeah. you just got to start. And it doesn't matter where you start. you just got to start. I agree. And the momentum comes from there. It's funny. You should, I love all that. And you said about um, ex, turn it into excitement. You know, your body actually can't tell the difference between anxiety and excitement. And so I always tell people, if you're feeling anxious, just start start mantra, start the mantra. I'm excited. I'm excited. Start singing it. You know, I'm so excited. <laughs> what is, is that? What, <laughs> is that what happens to you at the start of all your events? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Do they, yeah so this I'm excited. overwhelming <laughs> burst of energy pop onto the stage <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so true and I, I I always do that you know I always turn things into excitement because um it, it really does make a difference when you're saying in there about um speaking to a mentor or somebody like that that's so true because I was just on a um a zoom call this morning to this incredible young man in Mexico and he wants to start up a podcast and uh, a mutual friend of ours um he said, you know, introduced us and said, just, just talk to Karen, you know, she'll give you straight answers. She'll tell it to you like it is, you know, and, and no beating around the bush. And, and just when you were saying that, I was thinking, wow, you know, it's, uh, it's really valued that kind of thing. And we, we talked about podcasts and he couldn't, he, he was sort of a little bit, I, I can't believe you're just giving me all this information, like bang, bang, bang. And, and that's, they're the people you've got to find. You've got to find people who, who who believe in you and people who truly want to um, see you succeed. And there are tons of people out there who truly want that. Yeah, it's it's so funny that you say that too because, because here we are thinking, you know, oh, if I ask this person, they're not going to help me. You'd be surprised, yeah. you know, how simple it is just to ask a question and how willing people are going to be able to offer advice or their help or yep. Um, you know, like we continue saying, it's always easier when it's not about me. Yeah. And, you know, if someone was going to ask me, oh, Pen, you know, like how, how am I going to be able to overcome this obstacle? Oh, I'll help you, no worries. I'll, I'll be happy to, to give you advice yeah. or guide you. And it's, you know, without you asking the question, people aren't going to be able to read your mind. No. So, you know, and people are so willing these days to be able to, you know, share advice or share a, a link or a, a Google page or a, a podcast about, you know, how to get yourself off the bench or yeah. how to start something. Um, you know, there are lots of people out there that are willing to help and you just got to ask a question. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes they don't have the technical answer, you know, or they're not a professional in that field or, you know, no expertise in that field. But um, sometimes it's really good just to have the perspective of somebody else. Did you think about this? Or if it were me, I would want to see this or that, you know, and and things that you just don't even think about. And I think there's a big fear too, you know, if I tell someone they're going to steal my idea, but I think we need to move way past that and just stay in your own lane, you know, like there are a million things out there that are duplicated all over the world but people can still be successful in their own lane, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's a really important thing. Ask people, just put your thing out there, ask the right people and you will just get moving. 
Yeah, and don't forget to indicate and say thank you if you change lanes. It <laughs> <laughs> always gets me. <laughs> oh, that's very good, actually. You you just reminding me of the um swimming. You see the in the swimming Olympics, you know, and they're all in their their lane and everything's perfect. But I'm I'm one of those people that crashes into those floating rings. Do you know? <laughs> you know what? That would not surprise me. <laughs> oh, I hate swimming, and I've got my head up, you know, and I just smash the next person. It's like no, nah, just keep me out of the pool, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah it's funny yeah I like to think of it as motorbikes or bikes or something you know forget the swimming lanes but (laughs) Uh, anyway Uh, well Pen this has been um, absolutely wonderful catching up with you and it's just uh, you've given so much inspiration in that and so many great ideas and just such such good advice and and plus I love talking to you anyway so that's that's the icing on the cake there's a bonus yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but but thanks for joining us and you know sharing all this courage and wisdom with everybody oh no it's it's my absolute pleasure absolute pleasure oh good well I can't actually wait to um catch up with you again in person but it's going to be a long wait but it'll be worth the wait I'm sure oh most definitely worth the wait We'll have to come down and, and um, I'll have to rename all your cows to Collingwood players. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Well, we've got, what have we got? We've got Albie and Alistair and Helen at the moment. So, uh, you well, know, we, we do have a, a mix. Bag. Yeah, and we do have men and women. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, all right. Well, you can come down and do that. <laughs> and if you change Jamal's name to Collingwood, there's big trouble. <laughs> oh, I'll have to be like Jamal Magpie yeah. or something. You have to hyphenate it. <laughs> Good on you. Oh dear. Well, I kind of don't want to hang up, but I better let you go back to your day and do all your wonderful reflecting and everything else. But um, truly, thank you so much, and I really hope people have got something out of this. It's been wonderful. No, again, Kes, my absolute pleasure anytime. Thank you so much. See ya. See ya. <laughs> Ta-da. <laughs> oh, guys. Dead set. Now, listen, I said she is a rocket. She is a bloody rocket. Well, she's a rocket rock star. I guess you don't know which one should get the priority. But look, the, the things that Penny's done and, and at of such a young age and that the whole thing, you know, I don't see anything wrong with what I'm doing. This is such a critical thing because often when we're criticised for what we're doing, we can interpret that as there's something wrong with me, like we're talking about. And that's a lot of, lot of rubbish. I'm just so glad that there's people in the world like Penny that push through that and you know, without even knowing it, I guess, I knew, I know she knew she was sticking up for women, but she just didn't know back then when she was taking that leap and really stepping into all that courage that she was actually, you know, rewriting history and creating a pathway for other, other young women. It's such an important thing. But, you know, she had that dream that she was going to, you know, play for Collingwood and be the coach of Collingwood. And, you know, I often talk about um, imagining possibilities beyond your current reality and that is such an important thing a lot of people don't want to do that because they think oh what a lot of waffle you know that's airy fairy stuff and if it's not in front of me as it is it can't happen but god penny is such she's evidence that if you dream big enough and it's even if it is beyond what you see is possible or what is currently happening in the world you can actually do it and these things do come true so please if you've got a dream please please back yourself and you know just put as as Penn said as I say just put that one foot forward take the first step and please back yourself because whatever it is that you're holding within you the world needs and I just can't say it often enough but anyway I hope this has inspired you Penny's awesome go check her out and, and go barrack for Williamstown you know that's another thing you could do but uh, honestly um, give us some love and uh, catch her on Instagram at P Cooler so at P-C-U-L-A. So go and follow her there and really follow that journey because it's amazing. And also there is a documentary um, about Penny's, about the court case and all that kind of stuff. And go and have a look at that because it's really, really, it's sort of really, I've seen it, it really hits, hits you right in the chest. And it's called Even Girls Play Footy. Anyway, I'm going to put a link in the show note for that, but go check it out. And it's really, really impactful. Anyway, guys, I'm going to catch up with you next week and it's been great. Thanks as always for joining me. Okay, see ya.
Hey, thanks for joining me. It really does mean the world to me. Now, if you or somebody you know is doing amazing things, make sure you send me an email to info at getoffthebench.com.au. That's info at getoffthebench.com.au. Otherwise, head on over to my website at kerenvaughan.com and tinker around there a bit and send me a message. Okay, catch you next week.